And now, proper propaganda. Pull my mic back, you like that? Journalists were journalists too. We can strike back. Hardcore reporters with orders from headquarters. Behind enemy lines, sidestepping the borders. If you're just tuning in to Civic Cipher, I'm your host, Ramses Jock. I go by the name of Q Ward. Yes, indeed. And um, be sure to stay tuned because we still got a lot for you to stick around for. Um, we're going to be discussing what we believe to be a new wave of attacks on Black America. Um, new legislate legislature uh, or legislation. Sorry, that word always throws me off, man. I'm I I didn't grow up doing politics stuff, or you know, I'm not a journalism major i just felt like the show was necessary so hopefully you guys will forgive me if i misspeak from time to time but i try to do a good job for you um anyway uh, we're going to talk about that because those things are not the same or mispronounced is that the word that i was looking for pronounced misspeak okay. means Very something good. completely different okay well i might misspeak too you know i don't know everything but i'm doing my best for you anyway um we're going to stick around for that as well as our way black history fact where we uh discuss the uh posthumous pardon of Homer Plessy, who led to the separate but equal um, law that dominated U.S. politics for half a century. But first, let's discuss how to become a better ally. Baba. So, um, the NAACP, we shout them out frequently. Um, this is an organization that has supported this show. Um, and that we in turn support them and their agenda. They've been around a lot longer than us humans. <laughs> it's a very old institution. And uh, they've helped ensure that there's been a lot of progress in the country, but there's also a lot more um, that needs to uh, take place. And so one of the things that um, we're talking about with them is they or rather their agenda is one is to block suppressive voting laws um, and push back against unjust and unconstitutional voting maps aimed at weakening the power of the black vote they are advocating for economic policies to assist black entrepreneurs and workers in rebuilding their lives and livelihoods as the country recovers from the economic downturn caused by the pandemic uh, they are going to continue to call for reimagined policing that brings an end to state-sanctioned brutality and includes real accountability for law enforcement. They are going to continue to combat the spread of COVID-19 misinformation that is destroying the health of communities of color and ensure that everyone who wants to be vaccinated has equal access to the vaccines and hold corporations accountable, especially social media and tech companies that refuse to remove hate from their platforms and take seriously their responsibility in securing our collective democracy here and you can become a better ally simply by going to naacp.org and hitting the donate button we've made that one very easy for you today on civic cipher moving on let's discuss this new wave of attacks on black america now one that stood out to me that i thought i would include here is I believe it to be born out of 2020 and the murder of George Floyd and the, and the protests and the change in how the population approached police and the way policing was done. So 
there is a Republican representative named John Kavanaugh, and he wants to make it harder for people to take a video of law enforcement activity. It's videos like that that brought the George Floyd case to the national spotlight. Under House Bill 2319, a person would need to be at least 15 feet away to shoot video of a police officer involved in, quote, law enforcement activity, end quote. Now, that by itself doesn't sound too alarming. Sounds reasonable. Yes, yes, it, yes. Well, uh, yes. For, for people who don't see the world like we do, because we know that sounds alarming. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we obviously we think that sounds alarming, which is why we're discussing it. But perhaps to you, that might not sound alarming. It might sound reasonable. 15 feet away from the police, you know, film the encounter. That sounds reasonable. But. Uh, we've seen in lots of videos this is very, very unfair. And it feels like it feels like it gives the police a pass. Not all police will use it. But the fact that it's there and can be used doesn't strengthen our confidence in the officers, because at any point this can be turned against us. And now we are somehow committing a violation, trying to help protect li a life, potentially. If the police are interacting with Q, you know, my co-host or, you know, my, my son, my 16 year old child with his huge Afro, you know, I'm going to film that, you know, if that's the only thing I'm going to do, I'm going to film it. That's the only thing I can do rather. But I've seen Q has seen, and I know you've seen it too, listening to our voices, police stand in front of you while you're filming. And they say, well, you need to move back. And they stand there with their arms out. There's eight police officers <laughs> to talk to one person. And, and you're and filming from, it. Go ahead. And from 15 feet away, that's way easier for them to do. Right. But watch actually, this. They actually stop you from seeing and recording what's happening what's behind them. And they put their physical body in between the lens of your camera and the officer engaging in whatever activity with the potential per the person who's been stopped, you know, the person we're trying to protect in this instance. Um, I'll, I'll continue. Police officers are complaining. This is what uh, this guy, John Kavanaugh says. Uh, it's a direct quote. Uh, police officers are complaining that people with cameras are videotaping them taking enforcement action, which I fully support and think is legal. And I'm not stopping. But I'm simply saying, if you're going to film a police officer taking enfor enforcement action, stay 15 feet away. Um, now, again, that's it's really easy for these people. And, and I, I mentioned that he's Republican because Republicans, from where I sit, I realize there's black Republicans, there's Republicans from all walks of life. Right. But from where I sit, Republicans overwhelmingly have this masterful ability to take something that will hurt you and make it sound like it will help you. But those of us who can see right through it, 
the vast majority of black people who can see through all of that stuff and choose not to vote Republican, the vast majority, I want to say that again, and the vast majority of people who live in this country who whose value systems align more closely with the Democratic Party. We just don't vote in the same numbers as our Republican, you know, uh, countrymen and women. Um, see right through it, which is why they haven't been able to convert all of us. But for Republican folks who need to feel like they're not being as racist as they know they're being deep down on the inside, um, they need this language. And again, the Republicans have done a masterful job of coming up with the language necessary to describe that. Uh, also, what's that? Be sure to have your tape measure on hand. <laughs> so that you can assure yourself and them that you're actually 15. Like, what are you talking about, sir? How am I to measure this very subjective distance that any officer can say, oh, no, that's not for like, okay, I don't want y'all to <laughs> bore with my frustration, so I'm going to shut up. Well, listen, I, I think it's well-founded. Um you have to think about this. So if this was just a recommendation and the officer could do what they do now, which is if you're actually interfering, we can arrest you. This just makes it more difficult. And, and this was born out of everyone. If you're listening to my voice, there's a good chance that in 2020, you were out on the streets with a sign saying Black Lives Matter so that my children could grow up feeling a little bit more secure in their skin. And I appreciate that, right? We did that to protect Black lives. But the response to it, the response to it is this right here that we're reading. Don't film the officers. Now, we've seen, before I saw this article, we've seen how the officers will literally stand in the way while their buddies are punching someone or whatever, right? Their other buddy, their officer buddies will stand there like, hey, you guys got to back up, you know, and they say it that way. But we know what it is. They're just blocking the cameras. In fact, um, I saw a video I'll be fair, this wasn't in the U.S., but I've seen this before in the U.S. I just, this is top of mind. So in this particular video, this was in Canada. Um, there was a woman dressed up as a stormtrooper. She was going to like a Comic-Con or some sort of costume party, right? Um, she was dressed up as a white stormtrooper. If you don't know, those are the, the guys in the white armor that are from Star Wars, you know? Um, so she's dressed head to toe covered. You can't see who she is, what her ethnicity is. You can't even tell she's a, a female and she has the, like the laser beam weapon that goes with the costume. It's a plastic toy, right? Someone calls the police on her, the police pull up and, um, you know, they yell at her instructions, get on the ground, lay down, face down, all this sort of stuff. And uh, she couldn't take her helmet off because that was a threat to the officer somehow. She already laid the plastic toy gun down. Um, but they had to come up to her and then take off her helmet. And then you can see she's a black woman who's dressed up as a white stormtrooper from Star Wars. And immediately I thought, oh, this is my sister. I have a sister. We call her princess. Um, and she's really into like, she's black like me. And she's really into this sort of stuff, dressing up and Comic-Cons and that sort of thing. Anyway, 
she's there um, and the police are kind of interacting with her and she's yelling like it's a toy. It's a plastic gun. Who would call the police? Like clearly I'm, you know, like, you know, and she's trying to make her case. This isn't real armor. This is plastic too. Yeah, this is, you can buy this at the, at the, at the costume shop down the street. Anyway, um, that's not the issue here. The issue is that the reason that I saw the video of it is because a regular citizen was filming it. This isn't police camera video. This is a regular citizen, right? So it's unedited as it was recorded into the phone, right? Because, you know, police sometimes will send the video and then they'll chop to 11 minutes later and then you'll see that part and then they'll chop to four minutes after that and you'll see it. No, this was just a person filming the police as they arrest a stormtrooper, which is wild for anybody to see, right? The stormtroopers are the bad guys, if you don't know, in Star Wars. Um, but they're like pop culture, like, cool guys too so it's i don't want you to i don't want to write the story for you in your mind um so she's just being cool but what happens is in this video the officers come and i mean it's a parking lot and the people filming are way on the other side of the parking lot way way plenty far away for the officers to do their job nobody's in the way at all right but these a few officers came up to the person filming and says, hey, you need to back up, actually step, step out, out of the parking lot. And the guy's like, well, wait a minute, you guys are way over there on the other side of the parking lot. There's, I'm not even remotely close to what's going on. I'm just filming it. In fact, the camera was zoomed in, right? And the officer's like, nonetheless, you know, get back up or whatever, right? So the guy's like, fine, I'm going to back up. I'm just keeping everybody honest here because obviously this woman is here by herself. She doesn't have anyone with her. And there's a lot of you guys with real guns and, you know, just making sure everybody's above board, right? So the guy backs up. The same officer goes and gets in his truck and then drives his truck directly in front of in, in the in the line of sight of the camera and, and the woman as she's being interrogated by the police or she's on the ground or whatever um, to block specifically to block the view. The truck was already parked on the street. It was fine. You know, pulled it right there, like deliberately. So the guy couldn't see. And guess what he did? He's like, all right, well, I guess I can't film it now. Turn his phone off. And that was the end of the video. So new wave of attacks on black America. I say, starting with this one, seems like we might be able to make a case for it. Now let's move on to critical race theory. All right. Now, you might not think that an attack on critical race theory is an attack on black America. In fact, you might have bought into the idea that critical race theory exists to make little white children feel uncomfortable. Right? Oh, great. But I want to tell you that that's not what it is. It's purely education. Education does not have feelings. Or in theory, it's not supposed to have feelings. I'm sure that you can indoctrinate people, but we all go to school and we all know more or less how school works. For the most part, right is right and wrong is wrong. There is a, an innate human condition that allows us to recognize that. To artificially govern that is when we start indoctrinating people. And so to refuse the education of our students, the, the future leaders of this country, the future, you know, whatever, based on this thin, paper-thin argument that somehow it's going to make people feel bad is asinine. And yet, as they do, 
masterfully marketed that fear, not just to Republicans, but to everyone. How in the world is critical race theory a scary thing for people? I learned all about race. It didn't make me feel bad at all. It didn't, it didn't, you know what? I'll say this, I've said it before, I'll say it again. You know what I learned in school? I learned that my people came from slaves. That's not something to be proud of. If you're listening to me and your people fought at the Alamo or your people came over from the Far East on a boat to work and help build the railroads or your people came over on the Mayflower or your people, you can trace your lineage back to Scotland or Italy when your, your, your great grandfather and grandmother came over in the early 1900s during the Industrial Revolution, blah, 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 all this, you know, then great. Good for you. That's awesome. That's a, an American story. And so is mine. So is mine. But it's nothing to be proud of. Slaves. I have to tell my sons that they came from slaves. Right? But I'm not embarrassed by it. It's fact. Simple. That's it. Educate them so that they know. So that we don't repeat it. So they have context. Right? But the right has done a masterful job of peddling that fear across the country. And so now we have critical race theory banned by governors in Arizona, North Dakota, Texas, Oklahoma, Utah, Idaho, Montana, North, uh, New Hampshire, Iowa, Tennessee. The Virginia uh, governor, his name is Glenn Youngkin, on his first day in office, it was the first order of business signing an executive order to ban critical race theory, right? So um, another thing that I came across that I just kind of like was a, a bit, uh, an article from Vanity Fair, okay? So I'll read this. It says, uh, quick question for the group. Despite constantly claiming liberals are easily triggered, snowflakes, are Republicans actually the most ridiculously sensitive people on earth? So much so that they can't stand the idea of factually accurate conversations about race in this country that might paint white people in an uncomfortable light and are now going so far as to try to effectively ban said conversations because sticking their ears Sorry, sticking their fingers in their ears and yelling, la, 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 can't hear you when the topic comes up isn't working. If you're unsure, let us clear it up for you. The answer is yes. Uh, on Tuesday, a bill backed by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis that would prohibit public schools and private businesses from inflicting, quote, discomfort, end quote, on white people during lessons or training about discrimination was approved by the state's Senate Education Committee. Its first hurdle before becoming law, the bill SB 148 seemingly grew out of the conservative hysteria over critical race theory, which as a reminder is an academic concept based on the idea that racism is not about individual people's prejudices, but about institutions and policies. That is not me. Once again, that's from Vanity Fair. I came across it. I loved it because they said it so well. Um, 
But again, that feels like a part of this new wave of attacks on Black America. So I'll move on. Uh, got another one here from The Insider, insider.com. Whole Foods claimed in a court filing that the U.S. was attempting to violate its constitutional rights by forcing it to allow its employees to wear Black Lives Matter insignia on the job. Lawyers for the Amazon-owned grocery chain made the claim in a December 17th filing responding to the National Labor Relations Board's claims that Whole Foods illegally barred employees from wearing Black Lives Matter masks at work. Bloomberg, which was the first to report on the filing, obtained the document through a Freedom of Information Act request. In the filing seen by the insider, Whole Foods accused NLRB's general counsel, Jennifer Abruzzo, of attempting to violate the company's First Amendment rights by trying to, quote, compel speech. By singling out the phrase Black Lives Matter, the general counsel is impermissibly favoring and requiring that WFM Whole Foods Market favor certain expressions of political speech over others in its retail grocery stores. The filing said, referring to Whole Foods Market, the general counsel seeks to compel employer speech by WFM in violation of the WFM's rights under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution and enforcement of any order from the board to compel such speech would violate the Constitution, the filing said. Basically, that's a long, wordy way of saying that they don't want to be bothered with anybody supporting Black Lives Matter in that way at the store, right? Now, had this been 2020, we might not have seen this. But as we know, people love to jump on something when it's popping. And then people sometimes are really quick to lose that steam. You know, one of the things that we say a lot is, hey, make sure you keep that energy, right? But as we see, Whole Foods is like, hey, man, I don't want no part of this. You know, I want to give a shout out to a friend of mine. Her name is Jessie. Jessie worked. Uh, she might still actually work there, but I know that she worked for Costco or Costco. Um, and she reached out to us here on the show and she says, hey, um, I had BLM written on my face mask at work and they came to me and they told me I couldn't wear that face mask at work. And I told them that I needed to wear it because I needed to raise awareness because human beings were dying. And this was the collective rallying cry that we could do as humans to bring attention to these issues that needed all of our attention, folks that know about it and folks that don't. Right. So she had a masterful way of kind of articulating her position. And rather than being dragged into a, you know, uh, an, a back and forth with her, they decided to escalate it. You know, so they got management and then upper management and so forth. And what they ended up doing was just writing a nice email, but basically asking for her not to do that. Right. Or threatening her with her job. So what I see is. Maybe this isn't so much an attack as much as the other two were, but a failure to hold your position, a failure to continue to fortify your brothers and sisters. Your, we, we shop at these stores, Whole Foods, 
you know, um, now that I know that Whole Foods doesn't want people saying Black Lives Matter, well, I guess my Black life doesn't matter. Maybe my Black dollars don't matter. And maybe your dollars don't matter there either. Same thing with Costco. You know, if that's really how you feel, well, there's other places we can shop. There's Black-owned businesses. In fact, we should talk about them more often, you know. So I think that will conclude this part of the show, but certainly gives us something to think about. At least I think so. Now, it's time for the way black history fact. So I will read this and Q, I'd love to get your thoughts on it like we do. So um, bear with me. This might be a little lengthy, but uh, I think it's kind of cool to know about. Um, real quick, before we get started, um, separate but equal is one of the clauses that allowed segregation to exist in this country, specifically in schools. For those that don't know, or maybe you haven't studied the history in this country because you've been denied critical race theory. <laughs> uh, once upon a time, there was a such thing as white schools and black schools, and black people didn't come up with that as a concept. That was a, a, a white institution. White kids will go to this school and the rest of y'all can go to that school. So uh, separate but equal. Now, the basis or the foundation of that we'll talk about right now. Um, this comes from the Associated Press. The author is Janet McConnelly, uh, Louisiana governor, Louisiana's governor on Wednesday, posthumously pardoned Homer Plessy, the black man whose arrest for refusing to leave a whites only railroad car in 1892 led to the Supreme Court ruling that cemented separate but equal into U.S. law for half a century. The State Board of Pardons last year recommended the pardon for Plessy, who boarded the rail car as a member of a small civil rights group, hoping to overturn a state law segregating trains. Instead, the protest led to the 1896 ruling known as Plessy versus Ferguson, which solidified whites only spaces in public accommodations such as transportation, hotels and schools for decades. This is why we say things like make sure you're on the right side of history, because these people that that said, you know what? We should separate white people from everyone. Obviously, they ended up on the wrong side of history. And they really caused a lot of harm to not just individuals, but to the whole country for 50 years because of this decision. Anyway, at a ceremony held, held near the spot where Plessy was arrested, Governor John Bell Edwards said he was, quote, beyond grateful and quote, to help restore Plessy's legacy of the rightness of his cause, undefiled by the wrongness of his conviction. Keith Plessy, whose great-great-grandfather was Plessy's cousin, called the event a truly blessed day for our ancestors and for children not yet born. Since the pardon board vote in November, quote, I have had the feeling that my feet are not touching the ground because my ancestors are carrying me, he said. Wow, that was powerful. Justice Henry Billings Brown wrote in the seven to one decision, quote, legislation is powerless to eradicate racial instincts or to abolish distinctions based upon physical differences. Justice John Marshall Harlan was the only dissenting voice writing that he believed the ruling will in time prove to be quite as perniculous as the decision made by this tribunal in the Dred Scott case, which is an 1857 decision that said no black person who had been enslaved or was descended from a slave could ever become a U.S. citizen. All right. The ceremony began uh, with a cellist um, playing Lift Every Voice and Sing. For those that, you don't, that don't know, that's the Black National Anthem. 
Um, the Plessy versus Ferguson ruling allowing racial segregation across American life stood as the law of the land until the Supreme Court unanimously overruled it in 1954 in the Brown versus Board of Education case. Uh, both cases argued that segregation laws violated the 14th Amendment's right to equal protection. Um, the Brown decision led to widespread public school desegregation and the eventual stripping away of Jim Crow laws that discriminated against Black Americans, particularly in the South. Uh, Plessy was a member of the Citizens Committee, a group trying to overcome laws that rolled back post-Civil War advances in equality. The 30-year-old shoemaker lacked the business, political, and educational complement accomplishments of most other members. Um, Keith Weldon Medley wrote in a book, sorry, uh, We as Freeman, uh, Plessy versus Ferguson, but in his but his light-skinned court papers describe him as someone whose one-eighth African blood was not discernible, positioned him for the train car protest. Um, his one attribute was being white enough to gain access to the train and black enough to be arrested for doing so, Medley wrote. All right. Um, eight months after the ruling in his case, uh, Plessy pleaded guilty and was fined $25 at a time when 25 cents would buy a pound of round steak and 10 pounds of potatoes. Keith Plessy said donations collected by the committee paid the fine and other legal costs. He worked alternatively as a laborer um, before becoming a collector of uh, for the Black-owned black owned People's Life Insurance Company. Um, and then, oh, other recent efforts have acknowledged Plessy's role in history, including the 2018 vote by the New Orleans City Council to rename a section of the street where he tried to board the train in his honor. The five blocks of Homer Plessy Way run through the campus of the New Orleans Center for Creative Arts, a public school where the courtyard ceremony was held. Um, cars for the city's public belt railroad served as a backdrop for the signing of the pardon, which took place blocks from where Plessy was arrested. The governor's office described this as the first pardon under Louisiana's 2006 Avery Alexander Act, which allows pardons for people convicted under laws that were intended to discriminate. And then finally, former state Senator Edwin Murray said he originally wrote the act to automatically pardon anyone convicted of breaking a law written to encode discrimination. He said he made it optional after people arrested for civil rights protests told him they considered the arrests a badge of honor. All right. Your final thoughts, Q. So I, I didn't really get to chime in on the attacks. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, that kind of ran over. And I'll simply end by saying, I wish our lives mattered to more people that didn't look like us. So that the term Black Lives Matter would not be a political statement, but something that we thought was ridiculous because it was obvious, not because it was militant or political or divisive, but obvious. I wish that more people that were hearing our voices felt worse about our plight and about our history and about what we've gone through. And I really wish the sensitivity of white people that are offended by the idea that racism exists in this country systematically was not something that we had to tread softly around to make sure we didn't hurt anyone's feelings. I wish that children would be ashamed at the idea that once upon a time we were property 
instead of people. I hope that our children grow up in a place that's better than the one that our grandparents grew up in. Well said. Um, that's a lot to wish for, but I think that we're still chipping away at it and we're still moving in that direction. It's kind of like war in that, you know, there's people attacking us, you know, the white supremacist institutions that do exist, whether people know that they're based in white supremacy or not, um, they're designed to protect themselves and they're designed to attack any challengers. And so, you know, the, a war is not a strange metaphor to use, but, um, you know, we're in it for the long haul. And fortunately, we have some folks that are listening, some folks that are downloading, folks that are supporting, and we ask that you continue to do so. Um, you can do that at civiccipher.com. You can follow us on all social media at civiccipher. You can submit ideas, topics, anything that we need to talk about. You can also make a donation. The show is growing with your donations and will continue to grow. Um, and with that said, um, I'm your host, Ramses Jock. I go by the name of Q Ward. And with that in mind, we will see you next week. And until then, y'all, peace. Stepping the borders with press passes, we bring it to you as it happens. The streets love my crew for music and rapping. Street commander slash beat expander, here to fight the slander with the proper propaganda. What's happening? You got a question? Then ask it. The news is just a TV show. Get past it. And this from a quiet wartime journal.